0: Greetings everyone, welcome to the Lift Effect podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple, to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills, and performance to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm Carl Keller, your host, along with my ever-present and ready gentleman. I use that term very very strongly. Gentleman. Very loosely today, buddy. No, no, never. Never. Matt McNeil, how are you, buddy? It's, I'm uh,
0: better than you.
1: No, I'm fine.
0: It's uh Carl it's been, has contracted it again. Oh. It's coming back. It's coming back, man. It is. There's a variant it's, out
1: there. I don't know if what if that was it, but
0: Yeah, no, it's I've so many people I've talked to the last week have like oh, sick, I got COVID again
1: i thought i had so, the flu but it um uh, mm-hmm. i can't taste anything and so it uh, i'm uh, it's looking pretty, pretty suspicious yeah yeah how about you sorry buddy um i'm okay I, i've got a
0: lot going on in my mind i was thinking about today's episode and uh i was thinking you know i've got i got something on my mind that i want to talk about
1: you know the we always want to talk about stuff that's out there but every now and then it's uh you know this is important stuff, also, because it all relates. So, yeah. I am going to lob you the softball and say the floor is yours. And if there's anything I can add in, I will. Otherwise, well, you, I-
0: you'll chirp in as you as you want. But I want to talk about yep. my experience okay. uh, traveling over the last couple weeks. I don't, as many of you know, I'm not flying for the airlines anymore. Uh, I stopped, in, I guess uh, officially in 21. And so I don't. I don't really get. I'm not flying every week. I'm not out there. I'm not seeing what's going on. I'm hearing about what's going on from talking to pilots every day, all day. And you guys inform me of the, the changes that are happening and the post COVID world of you know massive retirements and all this hiring and all this growth. And uh, but I I fly. You know I've flown. I think this year on the commercial airlines I've flown. Maybe four times, so not not too much, you know, out and back a few. Or you know, I went to Mexico, that was through Phoenix. So, but a li- not not a lot of uh, data points. But I, I want to just share my experience that I had this last couple weeks. I I don't know what my ask is. Let's see where this takes us. But I want to just talk about what I think is happening, and maybe what I think we we need to start doing. So my flight out, I'm not going to say where I was going or what airline I was flying on because it's irrelevant. It doesn't, it, this isn't, I don't believe that my observations are not going to be just isolated to just the one experience. This is more of a, what am I noticing is going on? And it's, I think, from talking to other passengers and talking to Friends that are flying and even uh, pilots that are flying and their family members that are flying this is something that I have th- that has been reported to me consistently and and I can say that through my observations I think I'm'm I'm, I concur so but let's see if we can synthesize this and come up with some meaningful discussion around this. So I go to the airport with my child and my wife. And we get we get there. We took a limo out to the airport because I don't want to deal with the parking because it's the parking is a at DIA is a complete shit show. They will say the lot there's space is open and then you drive around for hours trying to find the space. There's no sequential parking that you could fix this in five minutes with sequential parking, uh, but no. Meaning you know you take the next of it like how they park at the stadium when you go to the ball game. You got the guy in there marshaling cars into the next available spot. That you could fix that with a light system, but no. So, in my experience, if you go in there and it's four o'clock in the morning and you go to the ramp and you can't find the spot in the ramp, so then you got to go all the way out to the off uh, airport parking and catch a shuttle bus, which is going to add another forty-five minutes. So, this is a little stressful for people. So we now, I just spend hundred dollars each way to take a limousine service so they drop me off right at the door. Okay, I've solved that. I'm I have the resources to be able to do that. Not not a lot of people have the resources to be able to do that, uh, but I do. So, okay, let's call that one good. So then I get to clear and I go to the clear line on the uh western side of the terminal. I forget I guess that would be the uh, uh south side, north side, I can't remember whatever. Um, and I go to, uh, I have clear, which I paid for, paid for my wife, paid for myself. My child is free, but we paid, I forget how much it was per year.
1: It's like and 150
0: clear bucks a person. Is, yeah. 150 bucks a person. It's for profit, uh, to go through security line. So I get to the clear line and we're waiting a little bit of a line. The security line is through the, I mean, it's all around the terminal. It's just a sc- forever. It's, it's just a horrible security. So I get to the clear line and they say, well, oh no, no, this is for people that have clear and TSA pre. This is clear premium. This is clear plus. I'm sorry, clear, clear plus. And I said, what? He said, no, no, you have to have clear and TSA pre if you want to go in this line. No, you got to go to the other end of the terminal where it's just clear regular. Okay. Okay, so what is the value of the clear plus line versus the clear regular? Well, what do you mean? Well, what's the value? What does it get me? Well, just it's just probably a little quicker access because not everybody has clear and TSA pre. By the way, I did get TSA pre. Uh, went and got the fin- did the fingerprints and all that stuff. They send me an email. Oh, you've got a number. Um, this was just recently. We went and did this. So we go and I get the number, but I have the number. Oh, no, but your number is not printed on your ticket, sir. So so you can't use that. Okay, so we gather all of our bags and we go hiking all the way up to the other end of the terminal. So one
1: side is clear, the other side is clear plus. Clear plus. So they're not on both sides.
0: Not on both sides. Only on one side, because that makes a lot of sense. So we go and we get through. Uh, get through pretty fairly quickly no issues with that no attitudes you know take your shoes off and your bag you know to pull your bags apart and get your computers out there and blah 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 and I get through my wife doesn't get through because she's got my my daughter's little water bottle and there's a little quarter inch of water that's still in the water bottle so they they got to like pull out the swabs and and you know the machines and tested because my wife apparently is is a terrorist a, a very highly sus- she's a, a freaking mom uh, you know with a bunch of cu- kids shit and her daughter but no we got to go through that so she's 10 minutes going through that and i'm waiting with my daughter finally get through okay it's fine so then we go to the gate and we're waiting to get on the flight and then we get 15 minutes before the flight's supposed to board you get the ding flight's delayed Crew delay, so they're they're saying it's a crew delay, blaming the crew. Okay, so this proceeds to go on for the next six hours. Can't find a, a four striper, right? No captain. No. Then they get the captain, and then they can't find the flight attendant. There's a flight attendant here, and then oh no, and then they get fly- and then they got to swap the gate, and then the crew gets replaced and goes there, and then they bring the next crew in, and now they can't find a first officer. Now they can't find a captain. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm texting a friend of mine who works at the airline, who's a pilot, and he's looking up who the crew is and all this stuff, you know. And, and this goes on all day, all day. And it's the passengers were great. There was no pandemonium at the gate. There was no, and I know that happens. I get it. Listen, I, don't forget, I, I flew as a pilot for the airlines. I know what passengers are capable of doing, I've seen that. And so I'm not, you know, oh, the the passengers are not the culprits here, but they were. Everybody was absolutely behaved. So finally, we and I'm sitting at the airport. I'm just watching. I'm observing, and I'm watching crew members walk around and watching gate agents, and it's just pure chaos. It's it's complete chaos. The these pilots. The flight, attend- they they have no idea where they're supposed to be, or what they're supposed to be doing. They they don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going. on. The poor gate agents, I think, really have no clue, and they're dealing with the passengers going up and and, and you know constantly asking and what, what's going on and that, that we don't know and and so you know the airline. I'll give it to them. You know they sent us all vouchers for fifteen bucks. You know go spend fifteen dollars to. You know, go buy something to eat or whatever. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's a nice gesture. That, that's cool, you know. But we just want to get to where we're going. Uh, we paid thousands of dollars. And this is a, to go from Denver to a no-name nonsense location in the United States. That nobody wants to go to. Okay, this is like not, you know, we're not going to Vegas, baby. You know, I mean, it's like, and it was thousands in a a shitty domestic ticket, because tickets are expensive, they're not cheap. So, okay, we finally get on the plane. And we get in, everybody gets settled in, it's peaceful, there's no issues. And the, the pilot makes his greeting. No apology. No recognition of, geez, I know you've been waiting for six, seven hours for this flight and and we're really sorry that you had to wait. Just the the guy had like marbles in his mouth and made a stupid announcement that had nothing to do with anything that anybody cares about. Oh, uh, weather in city is, uh, you know, temperatures of this and dew point and the cloud layer is. Like, it's like, dude, I, I don't want to hear the fucking METAR. No, these people don't care what the dew point is. And honestly, we don't really care what the temperature is, uh, and I don't, you know, whether we're gonna yeah, a few bumps, and you know, we're gonna get the seatbelts sign off so that you can uh, walk around the cap. Like, I look, that's fine, but like, these people have been waiting for st- like close to seven hours, not knowing what's going on. Everybody's missed their connections. They, it's like, and there's not even an acknowledgement of I'm sorry that you've had to wait through this. I know it's been a hard day. Do you know how far that could go? That goes. If you just acknowledge, Hey, um, I know it's been probably a pretty challenging day for you. I know it's challenging just to get through security. Uh, for all of you. And it's a, it's a quite a, it's quite an experience to go through that. And I know it's, you know, it's hard to park and it's, it's really difficult to travel. And I just, appreciate what you've given to be able to get here and i also appreciate that you've waited for six hours not knowing what's going on you're all very late and i want to behalf of myself and the airline i just want to apologize i don't want to hear your excuses as to nobody cares what the reason was don't it's like when your kids go yeah but when they're trying to justify it's like how about just acknowledge that that everybody's late a little bit of empathy. A little bit of empathy, but nothing. It's like it's like just. All right, everybody, get on the bus. You know, bus is clo- doors closing on the bus. Come on in. That was the quality of the announcement. And I asked my friend, "Hey, Mick, this crew. Oh, by the way, the crew has been on property less than three years. Both pilots. Less than three years." Is that an argument of itself? I mean, the regionals have been doing that forever. And so I, I don't think it's fair to say, well, you know, you, you don't have a lot of experience, so you shouldn't be here. The regionals have made a business model of taking people with no experience and getting them to fly. So I'm going to cover that in a second. But airlines, why don't you tr- teach people a little bit of empathy because that will improve your business, and that's not just sending a fifteen dollar voucher. It's an announcement, training crew members to make an announcement that shows a little bit of care, and a little that has some level of of empathy and 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 uh, acknowledgement of the experience of the passenger. It would go a long ways if you did that. Okay, so we get start. Push back from the gate. The flight attendants are making her announcement. She can barely get through the announcements because she's reading off of a card. She doesn't know the announcements. She's reading from a card and screwing it up. And like, okay, maybe this is training. I don't, I don't know. But that doesn't instill a lot of confidence among passengers. When your flight attendant can't get through the briefing without jumbling up the words and, oh, wait, no, let me go back. Okay. And and it's clearly reading from a card. I'm like, okay, so what happens when something really happens? Are they going to then read the card of what they're supposed to do? Do they know what to do? Even at the regionals, we didn't allow that. You had to have it down before you got out on IOE. So, all right. So, let's talk about the return trip. You ready? I think we're about to up the game here. So we're down it. This f- it's on time. It's on time. That's good. Good announcements. No issues with that. Five flight attendants. Take off. They... Proceed to do, and it's hot. I'm coming from a place that's really humid, muggy, hot, allergens everywhere. People are just sweating, miserable. It's it's a two-hour flight. It took an hour and 27 minutes to get a cup of water. I'm sitting in the midpoint of the aircraft. And five flight attendants... One cart to do the entire service with two flight attendants. The other three flight attendants, never saw them. Just not there. Disappeared. So these two gals are doing their best, trying to get through it, doing a good job. But it took an hour and a half. We're about to start our descent into Denver to get a cup of water. And it's freaking hot. So, we get through that. Start the descent. Nobody came through, by the way, to pick up trash. So, there's table trays down. And there's water cups all over the place and sodas. Everyone's just kind of holding it in their lap. People are compliant with the table trays. They try to put the table trays up because they know you got to put those up. Any experienced traveler knows you, you stow that. But they're holding all their garbage, and nobody came. So we're starting to descend, and I'm sitting in one aisle. There's, there's me and my daughter and my wife, and in the aisle across from us is a, a little girl. She's probably about 10, and she's with her parents, her mom and her dad, and it's bumpy. It's, it's, it's mid-afternoon in Denver in the summer, and it's bumpy, and it's hot. And this little girl starts to get sick, and... I hear the father say, does anybody have a six sack? Oh, no. See, there's no six sacks in the seats. Anywhere. Not a single six sack. And so the dad cups his hands. And she vomits into his hands. And she's traumatized. And he's traumatized. And we're ringing the buzzer to get the flight attendant. And nobody came. And so my wife dumps out her, she has a Ziploc freezer bag with stuff in it in her purse. She dumps it all out and gives them the freezer bags. She's trying to get all this into the bag. And I had a big packet of uh, wet wipes, you know, and I gave them the whole pack. And people around were, a passenger got up and went down into the lav and got, came back with wet paper towels. And the passengers rallied around this family to take care of this little girl and this, this dad that was covered in vomit. And nobody came. There was no announcement to keep everybody seated, it wasn't that kind of turbulence. They just didn't come. Because they didn't give a shit. And we we get off the plane. This time we're sitting more towards the back. It took forever, you know, which is fine. It's what it is. Get off the plane. There's nobody standing at the front saying goodbye. There's not nothing. There's cleaning crew on the aircraft, No, did, did, didn't know that somebody had vomited. And it was a quick turn. And there's nobody on the airplane, there's no crew on the airplane, they're gone, they're out of there. And so I get into the terminal and I'm so upset. Because this is my occupation. Uh, I'm still a pilot. I still have those certificates. I've dedicated my life to this occupation. I get off the plane and we go into the bathroom and this dad comes into the bathroom. and He's trying to rinse himself off. And I go into the stall because I feel like I'm about to cry. I couldn't, I really couldn't contain it almost. And it was, I was frustrated. I was angry. I was disappointed, but what I felt most was really, really worried. I'm really concerned at what is happening. There is a massive disconnect that is happening culturally at the airlines and these passengers every one of those passengers is somebody's everything. It's their mom, it's their dad, it's their child it's their best friend, it's their partner that is somebody's everything and the airlines are so greedy to make a a buck that they will grow at any cost even if it compromises safety, they don't, clearly, they don't give a shit. And I get off and I get out of the bathroom and I'm walking through and I'm looking at the pilots taking selfies of themselves. Everybody's got their AirPods on. Everybody's totally just checked out. And I thought, you know what? I. I understand COVID took a hit, but you all got money from the government, so it's not like you were allowed to go under. You didn't go under, you took a hit, but you want to grow so bad to try to make up for some of that, that you're willing to just screw the passengers, you're willing to screw the flight attendants, and you're willing to screw the pilots. Because you want to make a buck. And don't tell me, oh, you know, it's because of a lack of experience. These guys don't have a lack of experience. The regionals have been doing that for decades. They've been taking people with no experience. The problem is, is that you get to training, and I'll tell you, when you go do regional training, they train you. They run ground schools, at least they used to. They run ground schools. They do extra SIM sessions, they do IOEs, they actually instruct. But when you get to the mainline carriers, the business model was always, you had tons of experience. So you didn't have to do that kind of training. You didn't have to, you know, you had somebody with, with 7,000 hours or 10,000 hours and a couple type ratings and the, the, you, they know the drill. They know how to do it, but that's not who they're hiring anymore. So stop blaming that it's not the pilots with the experience. No, it's your training. You haven't adapted your training. And there's cultural differences too with generational differences. You've got three generations in a flight deck that communicate and process information and what they care about and what they value and wh- what their sensitivities are are totally different. And you've got this cookie cutter, just one size fits all, absurd it's almost like a post-industrial style of educating that is completely outdated and there is going to be a crash it's coming well and there already was one this is I am deeply concerned
1: as I have been for quite a while same thing there's a confluence of so many things are just coming together and, and just trying to, um, play off. Oh, it's the weather. Right. Oh, it's, you know, Hey, it's the national air system. Oh, it's, it's the pilots contracts. It's the contracts. Oh, it's the crew scheduling system. Yeah. It's the dispatchers. Oh, yeah. you it's name the it. And, and, and there's just, it's, it's, it's not taking a look at everything and going, we're like you said it's just it's this desire to sit there and and grab as much of the of the market share right now as they possibly can that they're willing to overlook just about everything and no matter what it is there's always an excuse for why it's that way rather than looking at the root you know cause they're looking at the, all these different symptoms that sometimes are a, a part of the cause and sometimes have nothing to do with it. Weather's been there for, for was there, is there, will be there. And the airlines have learned how to figure out how to deal with that most of the time. Yeah. The weather's a little bit more extreme now than it has been in the past, but it's still the basics are the thunderstorms same. Thunderstorms are you thunderstorms, know, man. Temperatures and, are temperatures. And for the most part, airlines, that's one of the areas where they used to excel at, where they were good in, 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 in what I call, chaos management. When things were crazy, sometimes the airlines were at their best being able to put things together. And now they use that as an excuse. And then all the other things, like you say, it's just, uh, I've been concerned for a while just with, when you added all these things together. Um, it, well, I don't know what it's going to take for us to step back and, and, and address these issues so that we don't have to learn this the hard way.
0: We're going to work, it's coming. And my call to the airlines is hey, look, wh- Lift Effect is here. I'm here to help. And there are some very, very basic things that airlines need to be doing that they are clearly not doing. And the ramifications of this are going to be grim. And I'll tell you this I know everybody thinks they're too big to fail. Hmm. You know what? So did Braniff, so did TWA, so did Pan Am, so did Eastern. It takes one. It takes one crash. And if it's the right crash, you're
1: gone. To my knowledge, most of the airlines, if not all of them, are self-insured. So if it's bad enough, it can bankrupt an airline. Absolutely. And And I don't think people realize... That. Well,
0: and I, I think the look back, because of we have the tools and the the algorithms to be able to look back that we didn't have before, it's going to be so appalling because the data is there. You can't, there's so many data metrics that are trackable and the look back on this is going to be, is going to seal the deal. You're going to be devastating. So, all right. So I've been super negative and state the state of your mind is whether you pinhole or panoramic pinhole is is when you become furious fighter run and that's not a p- a place of operating so i want to try to increase the aperture on this just for a second there are some good things there are some very very good things that and i'm not trying to put a bow on it i'm just trying to i'm trying to speak from different perspectives there, I think there are some very good things that are uh, we're on the precipice of very good things. Generationally I think there's a lot that is positive about these young inexperienced pilots. Actually. They, do, they need resiliency training because they don't, they crumble at any criticism. Hey, mental skills for value-based living. Boy, psychological flexibility skills. That helps. You can train this stuff. But if you don't approach it, it's it's not going to... Tra- and this poor generation of kids has been raised with... Uh, everybody gets an award. Um, any kind of failure is a horrible thing. And it means you're defeated and you, and you can't post your picture on Instagram or Facebook to show you how wonderful your life is. Th- this has created a weak... Unstable, unsustainable paradigm that needs to be addressed. It Awareness
1: and it's in in a, of itself would help a lot because I think they don't even realize it. They don't cases. realize
0: it. And, and so and look, the airlines send a lot of these people to us to going. We don't know what's wrong with this person, uh, but they and when we get uh, we get in there and they're like, oh, it's the it's this. And guess what? They are. But that generation is smart. They are malleable they're adaptable they can learn and when you t- when you teach them these skills they get it and just they open the off to the races they just open the eyes but they have not been taught it's not their fault but we got it t- they, they got it to it's it's not it's not an excuse it's an explanation so it's education it's education and the way that they're training at the airlines is is, is they are not addressing this stuff human factors needs to evolve Human factors 1.0, we got to move on. It's time to get 2.0. We should really actually be at 3.0 at this point. Just like medicine is 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. It's the same with human factors in CRM. It's not just following checklists.
1: And and that's not to say that they haven't been e- moving along. They just haven't moved along fast enough. Things are going faster than than there are... Uh, keeping up with they're you. not evolving not and cbt's you're enough.
0: not going to train somebody with a cbt it's just not yeah. going to work you, you it's not going to work in a 15 minute cbt module and leadership and professionalism training like you got to get out of the military style of doing this Th- these pilots are not military some of them are military but they're you know it's like i think the industry needs to evolve out of this rank and file kind of mindset in terms of customer interaction i mean the marketing departments should be fired at these airlines mm. they are atrocious they they don't clearly don't understand anything about what people care about or what they want
1: and unfortunately it seems more often than not they're glorified instead of crucified oh they're held Absolutely. up as going why we're we're the reason why the airlines making it and going no yeah. Yeah. no they're not in spite of you and
0: CEOs you know um they got to be real careful they got to be real careful I'll just put it that way with with public perception if you're not willing to be down there with the troops um you're acting like a coward. Doesn't mean you are one, but you're acting. And listen, I coach CEOs and COOs. There is, we have a very serious problem on our hands. We need to adapt the cultural to to the cultural changes that are happening. We need to adapt to understanding passenger psychology, what people care about, what not. Treating people like I mean, I just read something about one particular ultra low cost carrier they they basically eliminated any ground people and if you get there and you need somebody to check your bags too bad if you don't get there an hour b- beforehand you're going to get bumped off because they hope that you you get bumped then you got to buy another ticket and that's how scummy and absurd these 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 carriers
1: are you know or the or they they the, that's and this is not to say anything about any individual occupation. But in, in some cases, they've dumbed it down where it used to be you had mechanics do it in certain things. Then you then they said, Oh no, you're too expensive. So we'll have rampy rampies do that. Oh no, no, you're too expensive. We'll outsource it. And then they tried to go, oh well, we can get away without that base unless it's on these certain things. So they constantly are trying to find ways to shortcut and and abbreviate things at times which is just so frustrating um to go back to what you were saying it, it, communication is so important and it's not not the fact that you're talking to the to your customer it's what you're talking about like you said the fact that you're you talking about train the point doesn't do anything it
0: doesn't matter it's like they're they they do not know how to talk to people and I'm sorry, like pilots, if you're like, well, it's not my job is to fly the plane. No, it's not. Your job is to protect every single person that is on that aircraft. And if you don't get up and stand in the door, nobody nobody stands at the door uh, when people are coming on. And I understand because the turns are quick and you got your, all your duties to do, but I still get up and stand up and look at every one of those people in the eye And understand that that is somebody's everything. And if you lose touch with that, go fly boxes. You know, that's, that's a better, maybe that's a better, a better thing, but make no mistake. You are working for those people. They pay the bills. They pay the bills. And like what they care about is not the weather. Uh, you can get the weather on your phone. <laughs> Everybody's got the weather app. No, it's, it's just communicate on how their feet, just acknowledge the struggle. When you just acknowledge the struggle, you see the defenses come down. You see the tension come down. It's like it lets all the air oh, out. And it's like, oh, somebody
1: just appreciates what I went through. I didn't get to do it very often on on. The pre-flight, but on the post-flight, I made it. I worked really hard to always be at the door, so at least they got it on one end or the other. Absolutely. Um, and and I would stand there and thank them, regardless of whether they said a nice thing or not, because of, of the bump or whatever. But it, you know, it, the bottom line is they don't have the right to abuse you, but they did pay for for that ticket, and they I'm don't have the right and, to abuse. You. And th- look, the, but the, I'm going to the, stand there and, and say thank you. That's because, right. Because. If that airplane's empty, I'm not going to be thanking anybody for very long. Don't forget what happened just a few short months ago
0: when planes were empty and nobody was flying. Everybody's freaking out. Yeah. And and now it's like how quickly we forget. It's like it never happened. It's like it never happened. And now it's just like, I want more money. I want more of this. I deserve, I deserve, me, 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 me
1: all you hear is about how it seems like every month or every quarter they're breaking a pre-2019, which was the high at the time, record. So it's not like we haven't gotten back to where we were. We've gone past it. Gone past it. And look,
0: we are growing too fast. It's growing too fast. they got to slow this down. Something
1: is coming. And this is, is in the new capacity restraint model, too. Think about that. The It's way scary.
0: It is. It really and I, is. the feds are going to end up stepping in um they're going to step in and if something happens oh you better believe they're going to step in and i'll tell you this they know they know this is happening i wouldn't and surprise they me are s- very concerned
1: i it would it wouldn't surprise me to see them re-regulate if something happens they're going to yep but like you say this is it isn't all doom and gloom it's just the fact is that we need to be aware we have huge we've opportunities got to have our open our eyes open and realize that we are all part of the problem and we are all part of the solution
0: and we I'm, we know so much more now uh, we have so many tools now we've we have learned so many lessons we've been able to synthesize very complicated systems to be able to create better products better systems better processes I think it's we have a, such incredible opportunity, but if we stick to the old way, we cling to this old, outdated model, you become a dinosaur. So my 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 plea, I'm pleading if with the industry, please evolve,
1: <laughs> please evolve. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of wrap us up here and say, by the grace of God, we have nothing terrible or or uncorrectable has yet to happen. We still have time, but we all have to open our eyes and we all have to be part of it. We can't just walk away and say, not our problem. Whether you're in management or you're in labor, it, it doesn't make it difference. we all you just, together. We really are. That's right. That's and, right. And this is more of a just, hey, this is the reality of things. This is not a doom and gloom. This is just saying sometimes Things, just the per- the pay- picture isn't the prettiest, uh, but it's not the ugliest either, unless we just sit by and just let it happen. Any last words you want to throw in before we say uh,
0: my last uh, words is for anybody that's listening to this. I don't care what industry you work in. Do your best. Approach it from a competency perspective and also from a an interpersonal perspective. Just do your best. Don't don't rest right now. Now's not the time to rest. Step up and and do your best. I know we all have the ability to do that and get a little bit of uh, you know, get a little bit of insight, get a little bit of training, try to evolve, try to keep growing in in your craft, in your profession. I think if we all work towards those ends and, and don't compromise, I think we're gonna we're gonna be able to, to see some pretty amazing things
1: happen. So just do your best. That's my call. A little bit of humanity goes a long way. So, we thank you for listening. Uh, as you see, we kind of do all different kind of conver- uh, conversations on this. Um, please give us a comments, views, thoughts, ideas. Rate us. Give us a thumbs up. Pass on. Let other people know about us. We really appreciate all of you. Until next time, we want to thank you and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you wanna dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance-related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect
1: podcast.